0: Everyone, welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hey, everybody! It's Pat, and I'm going to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt.
0: Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you?
1: Tourism, Matt. This is going to be a great episode.
0: Yeah. What's going on, I hear.
1: Well, uh, travel, you know, I know is one of your favorite things. And, Indeed. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, how far, like, north have you been?
0: What's your... You mean, like... Due north or just how far north have, like, in the U.S. or...
1: Uh, Any place. Like, have you been to the North Pole?
0: No, I have not. I have been to, um... I have been to...
1: The South Pole? (laughs) No,
0: I have been to, like, uh, the Boston area. Okay. I went to Martha's Vineyard once and I was... Out in Vancouver, which is Northern Washington,
1: yeah, so like Northwest,
0: yes, Northwest, yeah,
1: I've been to northeast to Maine.
0: I haven't been that far I've been only been to uh like the Boston area, which is also northeast, so
1: yeah, that's true because it's um yeah you know, it's very close to Maine. Uh, well, you know, relatively speaking. Right. Um, so south, um, what's the southernmost
0: point? Um, I was in the Caribbean, um, you know, probably five or six different places in the Caribbean as, as far south as i have been.
1: So my, I would say, well, I don't know, I think Texas is probably my southern point, um. I did not go to Mexico, so I'm not, seeing you know, there. that. I'm
0: thing. not sure, I, I was in San Diego. I don't know if that's farther south than parts of Texas, but I've been to San Antonio, and uh, Dallas, and Houston, and places like that in Texas.
1: Well, I did get my first speeding ticket ever uh in Colleen, Texas. So (laughs) I don't know how south that is, but Colleen, I will always remember you for that.
0: First and first and not the last or is it the only?
1: Uh it it was not the only, but you know, I did smarten up shortly thereafter. So uh, I think I have gotten three total.
0: Three speeding tickets?
1: Yes, yes, all speeding tickets.
0: Wow. That's well, surprising. I mean, I've seen you drive, so and I know I know <laughs> no. you don't know, no, I know you don't drive real fast these days. I
1: so. don't, no. That was, you know, when I was young and foolish. Ah, um, I see. Now I'm just <laughs> foolish.
2: <but>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got one speeding ticket but it was dropped because they I got pulled over doing like eighty and a fifty five or something. And they dropped it because they gave me a DWAI, which is ability impaired. Uh, I had a couple of drinks before, and you know, so don't drink and drive, kids.
1: No, definitely do not do that. Um,
0: that so was like a hundred years ago in New York. So
1: don't do any of these things except for travel. <laughs> right, speeding. <laughs> Travel's good. Travel's right. good. Um, speeding, all that. Right. That. Um, so I know that you left the country, uh, so you have traveled, uh, as you mentioned, you, you've, uh, been several places in the U.S., but, um, you know, you went to the Ukraine. I
0: did, yeah, yeah, no speeding tickets there.
1: Um, so have you traveled, uh, internationally to other places?
0: Um, no, but, I mean, well, I, like, you know, Caribbean is international, technically, yeah. I guess, because you know, I went yeah. on a went to Antigua and then I went on a cruise, and there's like six different places there that I went. So, and they were all different countries, technically, I guess. But um, no, I mean, like other places in Europe, I have not. Although, you know, I want to.
1: Yes, yes, I know that you do. So, you know, I, I feel like um, there's a lot to see that. You know, we haven't, either of us haven't seen, but we've covered a, a good part of the U.S., I think, altogether. although Alaska or Hawaii, I did not hear us mention. I have not been to either of those.
2: No, my
0: son has. He spent a year and a half or a year on a cruise ship in Hawaii.
1: Wow. You know, that's exciting. Yay, Justin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he liked it. Got some great pics, too
1: wonderful you know sometimes though um some great things can be right in your in your own community and and you might not even know about them
0: that's true yeah
1: uh you know they say in your own backyard like you, you you know you might be looking and you miss the thing that's right in front of your face so i think this could be the case here um you know, tourism, there's so many opportunities for adventure uh, just within driving distance of where we live.
0: Yeah, there's certainly lots to do in this area for sure. Um, you know, I, I keep hearing about this moonbow thing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that someday.
1: Well, uh, you know, this is the weekend that we could be there seeing it. However, <laughs> we're doing the podcast. Although I would be very surprised if um, the moonbow doesn't get mentioned in the tourism interviews that we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, the the moonbow um, is a worldwide, I feel like a worldwide tourism draw to this area.
0: Is it like the only one, or is it? Are there others? Or I'm I'm not. I
1: know there- there used to be another one and i don't know if it's like gone i guess the tourism when we get into the interviews they'll tell us but um i think it was one of two in the world so
2: right
1: here you know in our neighborhood basically and
0: i know something else that's in the neighborhood
1: well um
0: the kfc museum
1: Yes, um, Colonel Sanders, and I think anytime you mention that you're from Kentucky, someone's going to say, oh, I can't see. I mean, I, honestly, in my experiences, that's been the first thing that people always bring up.
0: Usually it's, it's like the Kentucky Derby or Bourbon or something like that when I say Kentucky.
1: Interesting, well... I don't know. Maybe it looks like I'm a chicken lover or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to hear about that and uh, lots more things. Um, uh, I know there's a lot of festivals that happen this time of year. Um,
1: yes, absolutely. A lot of festivals. and we're, we're uh, Two of them, two of the, of the big ones are people... Um, in the communities we're going to be uh, talking to their tourism directors today. So we got Corbin, Kentucky, and then we also have London Laurel County, Kentucky. Um, we had hoped to add Knox, so we would have the whole Tri County area, um, but we're going to try to get them on a future episode because they have the Daniel Boom Festival that's occurring right now. So, um, you know, just a lot of festivals, a lot of things that. I feel like we have heard about, maybe haven't been to, and then I just feel like there's going to be some things that neither of us will expect to be in this area that we're going to find out about.
0: All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll get to it and see what happens.
1: All right. Maggie, I want to welcome you today to Backstory Sessions. We are so excited to hear all the great things that are happening in Corbin.
3: Well, it is such an honor and a pleasure to be a guest today. We're uh, very, very excited to be able to tell people all about the fun, exciting things we have coming up, you know, through the fall and the holiday season, kind of to wrap up 2022. (laughs)
1: It's probably one of the busiest um, tourism times, I would imagine, with the holidays and all the activities coming up.
3: It is. You know, a lot of people um i think that summer is our busiest time and it is in terms of uh tourists actually coming into the area but during the the fall and um you know late fall season we tend to be extremely busy facilitating family-friendly events um that help to serve the guests that are in our area as well as locals alike so Um, It's a super busy time. It's our favorite time of year. Um, You get all the great holidays, you know, from October through December. And so we just, we really enjoy um, the hustle and bustle.
1: And it's really, I think, going to be neat to hear of, you know, all of these things are a, a drive away, basically, And um, we reach, like, outside of this area to many other states. So when they're in visiting relatives or, um, you know, coming back to home, uh, they can learn also of the great things. Um, There was one unique thing, though, I wanted to mention that really, I don't I it was very heartfelt to me when I saw it, you know the flooding of Eastern Kentucky has been devastating, and um, I think it's amazing. It says a lot about the the citizens in um, this area that all sort of band together to help. But one unique thing is the arena that um, you know offers many uh, top name celebrities coming to perform, and the arena was. Um, in a way to get donations offering concert tickets. So tell us about how successful that was and who came up with that idea. It's amazing.
3: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it was definitely a proud moment um, for our city. You know, we, uh, several people, you know, worked together um to come together in an effort to take care of fellow Kentuckians, East Kentuckians. Um, So that idea was born from the arena general manager. Her name is Christy Bala, and she is just a fantastic um, general manager and human being. And, you know, she saw an opportunity to utilize, um, you know, some of her her shows in an effort to really, you know, beef up donations and specific donations, you know, things that the people in Eastern Kentucky really needed, whether it was, you know, uh, washcloths or bath soap or, you know, uh, pillows and linens, um, things to really help them at at the um, with their immediate needs. And, you know, the um, the level of giving was just absolutely outstanding. Um, not only, you know, local area, Tri-County area citizens showed up to contribute, but, you know, we had people from Tennessee because – We're only 25 miles from the Tennessee state line. So, you know, we had um, surrounding uh, states and communities come in and help. And really, while, you know, what was really cool about the whole situation is not only were the donations going to help East Kentuckians in need, but it really afforded people the opportunity who might want to see a show, who might not be able to cover the cost of, you know, the ticket um, at face value to be able to, you know, successfully get a ticket and see a show that they've been wanting to see. But it also, I think what was significant about it is that we had several people donate who didn't even ask for tickets. Um, you know, I mean, they just, they wanted to help, they, you know, saw that there was a place, you know, that would accept their items and, you know, they just willingly gave, um, in an effort to help. And I know that the arena staff, um, basically filled, you know, a full size U-Haul and took it, you know, over to Hazard kentucky and you know was able to get the supplies you know through the red cross and fema you know with the help of those organizations were able to get the supplies to where they needed to go um and i know that you know uh christy ended up giving away 20 uh 2500 tickets
1: wow that's amazing Yeah.
3: So it was, it was a great humanitarian effort, and it was, again, just a very proud moment for our city, um, and really, I think, just displays what it means to be a Kentuckian. You know, we take care of each other, we take care of our own, and when there is a time of disaster, a time of need, you know, we rise to the call and
1: that is a wonderful thing about being a kentuckian um and in these communities i I, I just um i thought that was such a unique effort that uh, it needed to be spotlighted so uh, i'm glad that you shared that that was um so successful and i'm not surprised at all Um, that is amazing to um, to just have that many people be willing uh, whether they're getting something back or not, just knowing that they were helping—that's that's really speaks a lot about um, Corbin and surrounding areas that came as well. So, um, in your backstory, um, you are a Kentuckian with us now, but um, did you grow up in this area?
3: I actually did not. I am a, a transplant. So, um, my backstory is that I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia, and uh, I uh, attended the um, Virginia Commonwealth University to complete my bachelor's degree, and after a couple years of, you know, traveling around the, the country, I landed in Richmond, Kentucky to finish my master's degree. Um, at Eastern Kentucky University and, uh, loved the area so much that I decided to, to stick around. And so I worked for, um, municipal government in, in Richmond and Berea for a while. Um, and, you know, through, through life basically ended up in Corbin, um, hired as the first, you know, full-time tourism director uh, for the city of Corbin. And that was back in January of 2014. So in January of 23, I will have celebrated nine years in this position. And this August, I celebrated my 20th anniversary of being an official Kentuckian.
1: Well, congratulations! Those are big milestones for you. Um, what is the thing that you've implemented that you're most proud of?
3: Well, you know, we have um, it, the the great thing about I think being the first full time director um, of the tourism commission is you know I entered into a blank canvas situation um and when I first you know started in this role I had explained to the the tourism commission board that you know we have some amazing assets um here in Corbin um but what we were lacking is a destination so while we had you know three or four really great um you know nationally internationally recognized attractions we needed to you know work really hard on brick and mortar projects um and you know implement some programs that would basically create a vacation destination and you know we have been able to effectively do that in a variety of ways. Um, you know, I think one of uh, one of my favorite um, accomplishments, you know, is is kind of working towards making Corbin recognized as a foodie destination. Wow. Uh, yeah, because you know when, of course. And I completely respect and appreciate the fact that Kentucky is primarily known for bourbon and horses. Well, at this current moment in time, Corbin has neither, although that is coming. Um, So we have to be very uh, creative and, you know, we not, I would say probably 75% of our restaurants in the city limits are locally owned and operated. And so that's,
1: that's a high percentage too. It's,
3: yeah, it's huge. And the great thing about locally owned and operated is that means you can't find that anywhere else on the face of earth, right? It's because it's, it's you know, it's their own unique chefs, their own unique culinary treats and um so we actually we have played on that over the years and the tourism uh, commission has implemented four foodie weeks where we celebrate the local food and flair here in the city limits of corbin
1: so do we have any coming up this month of october
3: We do, and we are so excited because this is a brand-new foodie week that has never been done. So, October 3rd through the 8th, we will celebrate Dessert Week. Um, So, we have 10 participating restaurants who will offer their own unique dessert at just $6 per dessert, and these are items that are not currently on the menu, so they're available for this one week only.
1: Oh, my goodness, Matt. <laughs> we have to. I know. Yeah. That
0: sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> wow. So, um, do you have any, like, sneak peeks as to what some of these desserts might be?
3: Sure. So, um, you know, the depot on Maine is going to do a a banana pudding cheesecake. You've got the ice house that is going to do a s'more puffle, which is essentially a chocolate chip waffle sandwiched with marshmallow. Um, So it's kind of a s'more, but a really unique spin on that Um, and it sounds yummy yeah (laughs) for (laughs) sure and then uh, Kentucky Creative which is our art gallery and bistro um, is doing a pumpkin spice cake with a um, like an espresso flavored buttercream icing I'm dying to try that one.
1: Oh my goodness. And you know, like everybody's pumpkin everything for this season. So that sounds amazing as well. Oh my. And only $6. So all of these, um, you can just go and um, each day you could get a dessert for $6.
3: Absolutely. It's a perfect, you know, who doesn't love sweets, but it's a perfect excuse, you know, for a date night or a girl's get together, um, you know, uh, have a a fall-esque beverage of your choice with your dessert. um, And maybe even take the opportunity, if you've not been to that particular establishment, you try one of their entrees uh, beforehand so that you can get the full on well-rounded experience
1: yeah I mean I can definitely see the benefit of um, you know I go and I try some delicious dessert and it's a great way to like lure me to come back you know and try something else it's, um, that's really an innovative idea too so um after we've had all these sweets in October in that first week. So what are we going to do next? It's hard to top that.
3: Well, actually, um, with the celebration of Dessert Week, so the final day of Dessert Week, October 8th, we will have our annual fall festival, Oktoberfest in downtown Corbin. Um, and that will take place, again, October 8th from 10 to 7. And this is a huge celebration of family-friendly fun. So that event basically takes up, I don't know, about six blocks of our Main Street area. We have over 70 vendors that offer you know, specialty handcrafted items. So, especially people that are thinking about the holidays, it's a great time to start your holiday shopping. Um, it's never too early. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: And, um, but, you know, we also have tons of stuff for the kids and for families. So we will have uh, our mobile disc jockey, Gary the Sound Machine, will be playing tunes for everybody. Um, We will have free hay rods from 12 to 5 that day. We'll have a petting zoo. Um, we will also be partnering with the University of the Cumberland students to come and facilitate children's games so the kids can play ring toss or, you know, pluck a duck out of the little duck pond and get a prize, face painting, things of that nature. And then we are also very excited um, to partner with our local uh, Great Escape Um, of Corbin they are doing a mobile escape room
2: so
1: quite popular so
3: oh yeah it's become huge so we just thought that this would be a fantastic addition to this event
1: um so I, I hear you say that some of the things there's no charge for unlike the hayride um what about the petting zoo and some other those activities
3: yeah, so all of the activities themselves are completely free of charge. Wow. Um, the only thing that would cost money is if, you know, uh, a patron decides to make a purchase from one of our vendors.
1: That is, uh, and, you know, with um, the economy and people struggling. Um, yes. That is a great uh, way for families to come. And um, enjoy a lot of activities that normally you would have to pay for.
3: Absolutely, and you know, Corbin um, is is really such a great family destination. Um, and what's so awesome about you know Corbin is that we are an affordable destination. Um, especially in a day and age, you know, when it is a little tougher to make ends meet. So, you know, we offer a a wide variety of things for, for children and families to be able to take part in and enjoy.
1: So let's say that I'm listening to the podcast in another state and I'm wanting to plan my trip. Um, lodging would probably be one of the first things that I start to think about, um, You know, do you have Airbnbs available? Like, what's the lodging situation? What can I expect? Where would I start?
3: Sure. So, certainly the best place to start is on our website, which is CorbinKYtourism.com. We have a full listing of all the lodging opportunities that we have available. Um, We do have you know, Airbnbs within the city limits. We also, of course, have traditional hotels, um, you know, that, that vary from budget, you know, friendly to full service. But, you know, we're also a great uh, camping destination. So families that have an RV or would like to tent camp have that opportunity. We have cabins available, um, you know, through Cumberland Falls State Park, through Shatawi Trace Adventure Resort and Laurel Lake Camping Resort. And there's a couple unique lodging opportunities as well. So Shatawi Trace has covered wagons that would be considered glamping. (laughs) So people that want to have a unique glamping experience, that's certainly an option for them.
1: Oh wow!
3: Yeah, and they have. Um, they also have higher end uh, couples cabins. So you know, for couples that are looking for a retreat or romantic getaway, um, you know, these are, are are smaller cabins, but offer all the the great amenities as you know as a larger cabin.
1: Well, you have mentioned a couple of things here, like for couples, and you know, that brings me to something I remember seeing is that there's like this stone that a couple can come and stand on, and uh, like, it seems like you have a lot of uh, really interesting romantic things for couples to do as well. Um, So... Um, that the carved stone, or is is that what it is? As a rock or stone that someone carved, and like
3: the couple. Yes, the kissing stone.
2: Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes. So, um, we actually worked with a local. Um, let's see, we act- We actually have worked with a local stone engraver. Um, who uh, created this beautiful romantic kissing stone. And we were able to get that installed in, um, in, in a most beautiful romantic area of town at the Engineer Street Bridge, which is actually a historic bridge that sits on the National Registry. Of historic places, and there 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 have been several engagements um, at that stone. But it's it's really just something super fun, um, you know, for couples to to come out and take a photograph. And it is very romantic. That whole area where the stone is in, installed is um, just a super romantic area.
1: Any idea how many kisses have taken place? I imagine a lot of people come there for that.
3: (laughs) Probably too many to count. (laughs) Well,
1: that's also another unique thing. Um, You know, it's just Corbin just seems like such a wonderful place. Um, So I've got my lodging. Let's say I've decided, you know, where I'm going to stay. So if, Uh, What other activities um, do I have to look forward to so I can kind of decide if I want to come in October, November, December?
3: Sure. So, you know, um, this could be romantic for couples or great for families or a girl's getaway. So, you know, we have – Actually, there are three attractions in Corbin that are really, you know, uh, on a bucket list must-see. So, Corbin is home to Cumberland Falls, and we call the Cumberland Falls the Niagara of the South. Um, The falls is 260 feet wide and drops about 65 feet so, um, it is absolutely stunning. Uh, there are many beautiful fall days when you see a rainbow. Um, and But the most unique thing about the Niagara of the South is that it is home to the only moonbow in the world. Wow. So, people, and, and I'm sure listeners are like, well, what is a moonbow? So the moon bow is a natural phenomenon that occurs on the night of the full moon. So um, two days before the full moon, the night of the full moon and two days after, from the mist of the falls, um, instead of a rainbow, you will see a lunar rainbow. And it's quite stunning.
1: Well, and and do we know the dates um, when the full moon will be in October, November, December? Or is that on the side if we wanted
3: to? Right. So that would be available um, on our website at CorbinKYtourism.com. Or uh, it is also available through our social media platform, um,
1: Facebook.
3: We post that on Facebook um at at Corbin Tourism.
1: Awesome. That sounds really great too. And fall is a beautiful time of the year to take that drive down to the falls. Um Wow, Matt, what do you think of all this?
0: I think I gotta check out the foodie week thing and uh <laughs> definitely see the moonbow I've heard a lot about it and haven't been able to see it yet, so um
3: Oh, it's absolutely stunning. And, you know, of course, you know, the Falls is home to some great hiking, horseback riding, gem mining, um, all kinds of great activities. So, and anytime people are active, they work up an appetite. So, Mm -hmm. after the Falls, we're going to recommend that they head to the original Kentucky Fried Chicken.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: So Corbin is home to the original KFC and Colonel Sanders. Um, we love our colonel so much, we've put a life-size bronze statue of him on Main Street. Um, and what's really cool about Sanders Cafe and Museum is, is that um, it just recently underwent a $3 million renovation. So the museum is just this totally fun, interactive, engaging experience. Mm,
1: Cool. Is there any charge to um, do the museum part, or you just get to do that while you're enjoying your food?
3: Yeah, so the museum is 100% free.
1: Wow.
0: Awesome.
1: Well, Matt, there's another outing we're going to have to take. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We're going to have to go look for your brick. I think you have one there. Is that true?
1: Yes. So, I have to tell you, right, in my backstory with uh, um with a colonel on Town Town, um, there was a contest when they first started with the courtyard, and you could win a brick. Um, you know, the, there's all the bricks with the names on them. Yes. And- I actually won that brick, so mine <laughs> is near the entrance by Colonel Sanders downtown. And oh. I have visited it. So. Oh, very cool! Yeah, very very cool.
3: Well, and you know that is the great um, the great thing about the park is that. You know, of course, we have the bronze statue of the colonel, but it is also a place for memorialization where people can go, you know, to remember loved ones um, and and celebrate, you know, their loved ones because of the bricks and the pavers and the plaques that we have in the
1: park. Yes, that's really neat feature too um and also i have to say that uh, mural with the chickens and the colonel um you know where they're walking along that is really cool as well so who um who does the artwork for all of these
3: murals yeah so you know um we we love that mural and of course it's a parody on abbey road um that was that was the original intent, and one of the great things about tourism is that we are able to partner with and promote local artists within our area, and people really, um, I think, don't realize until they start getting out into our cities what a wealth of talent we have here available in Southeast Kentucky. Um, there are just some incredibly talented artists so the the artwork um, was actually created um, through it was a, a dual project which is always really fun. Um, Michael J hall you know drew up the pieces and then uh, Brian Hinkle who also, uh, owns a local print shop here in Corbin, kind of put everything together and was able to print it for the and apply it um, as a mural. And then we, we actually call that area Colonel's Alley because the road is painted in red and white striped picnic tablecloth looking, you know, paint. Yes. And we have picnic tables there. And so we actually called on an additional artist um, Beth Jones to uh, complete that portion of the project and then a couple years after you know, that whole area was completed we commissioned Mike Hall again and we have since then gone back and painted the fire hydrant to look like a bucket of chicken <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow I haven't seen that part yet, Sarah. It's that's
3: super cute.
1: Cool. Yeah. So you said that's one attraction that is a must see. What else is there that we must put on the bucket list?
3: So of course, you know, the the must see bucket list is the Laurel Lake. Um the Laurel Lake is absolutely stunning. And the reason for that is it's because it's nestled within the Daniel Boone National Forest, so the uh, the lake is crystal clear and just a beautiful shade of blue. We actually get quite a few scuba divers who come in um, to scuba dive in the lake, okay. and you know because it's part of the U.S. Forest Service, there is no building allowed on the lake, so no commercial or residential, and that really helps um, continue to attract and maintain wildlife, you know, to that area, so, um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to see the variety of wildlife, you know, that inhabit the lake. Uh, We have, you know, of course, two full-service marinas, so if people are interested in renting a pontoon um, or a houseboat, they can certainly do that, and it's just a really, it's a source of a lot of great fun for people, and of course, you know, Laurel Lake is much smaller than uh, Lake Cumberland, which is, you know, the lake that a lot of people know in the state of Kentucky, But it has its own attributes. It's a completely different vibe. So everybody enjoys something different. And we have something different to offer.
1: Great. So what about accessibility um, as far as people with disabilities who might be planning a trip to Corbin? How accessible is Corbin?
3: So um, Corbin is very accessible. You know, the Cumberland Falls is accessible, you know, via wheelchair crutches. Um, it's a very short paved path to the viewing platform, directly off of the parking lot. Um, you know, the marinas are also accessible, um, and other access points on the lake are also accessible, being that they are paved and, um, f- you know, flat. In terms of slope, you know, um, the original KFC uh, Sanders Cafe and Museum is accessible um, to all, you know, to all types of mobilities. So um, the Engineer Street Bridge, the park, we've we've been very mindful um, to be inclusive with our attractions and our destination.
1: Wonderful.
2: So when we
1: move into November, um, Thanksgiving, and um, what happens with the big event for, I guess that's getting ready for the Christmas holiday, but um, what's going on in November?
3: Well, so November is quite a, you know, November's a big fun month for us. Um, again, you know, we love our Colonel. So, November 12th, we will host our third annual Colonel Sanders Half Marathon and 10K race. Um, and it is just loads of fun. We, uh, do custom medals with the Colonel's, you know, image on the medals. And that race actually draws people in from all over the nation, Um, We get probably 30% of our participants are from out of state. And this year, we actually added a one-mile kids race. So that way, um, the kiddos, you know, that want to participate have an opportunity to do a much shorter, you know, distance. So, uh, that event is always just really fun. We do a a wide variety of different things, and it's a humanitarian effort. So, every year, we donate the proceeds from the race to a humanitarian group. Um, Last year, we were able to give $10,000 to the Corbin Community Backpack Program, and this year, we will be um, donating proceeds to the Rotary Empty Stocking Fund and the Lions Christmas Food Baskets. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great event,
1: and once again, it's showing you know Corbin is always giving back. Um, so uh, it's a, a really wonderful. This is just now uh, you've got something for everyone. If you're athletic and seeking out you know more adventure you got things for that you got things for couples you got things for families uh no charge for many of them you've got food (laughs) like a whole food um so like several times a, a year uh for it's just um seems like you have everything so um for the arts person uh you you've mentioned that there's a lot of talent Uh, If you like singing, acting, watching plays, uh, movies, what do you have for that type person?
3: Yes. So I'm super excited to share with everybody that Corbin is home to the Kentucky Playhouse, which is our local community theater. Um, And speaking of October, and, you know, into the November, December time frame, the uh, the Kentucky Playhouse is, you know, doing auditions and we'll be doing a murder mystery Halloween type dinner. Uh, and I anticipate a Christmas production as well. So, um you know, we, we do have live performances, and sometimes they are a, uh, you know, a murder mystery dinner theater, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a production, so people can just come in and watch. I know in November, um, the Kentucky Playhouse will be performing Mr. Burns, oh. so any, any Simpsons fans out there will certainly enjoy that.
1: Well, that's exciting to um, have that opportunity to see shows, um, because there's not a lot of opportunity at this end of the state, so Mm -hmm. it's great to have that in Corbin.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Christmas, just want to make sure that folks know that November 20th, uh, we will host our annual Christmas Open House, and that event takes place downtown. Um, it's on a Sunday from one to five, and our Main Street businesses, you know, open up for an open house event. Uh, they, it's it's kind of our kickoff to the holiday shopping season, because, of course, we promote shop local and support small business, and we have, you know, a wide variety of. Whether it's a restaurant or antique or services um, that people can purchase, you know, uh, unique, one-of-a-kind items, you know, for those hard-to-buy for people that they love. Um, But in addition to to the shopping portion of it of course you know this is another event where we offer free family-friendly activities santa claus always comes down from the north pole and makes an appearance yep for photos um we have train rides you know throughout throughout the city we have a little little train that the kiddos can get on we serve free hot chocolate and treats and then have lots of Christmas-oriented crafts to to get the, the season kicked off.
1: Well, Matt, I hope you've been good this year because
0: <laughs> well, you here. Yeah, well, you know, you had me at uh, hot chocolate, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. I know. It's always a good time, and you never know when the Grinch might make an appearance.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, oh.
0: There you yeah. go. All right. Well, um, I know you're. You know, we we've kept to you for forty something minutes now, and I know you have to get going. So I uh, just wanted to give you an opportunity for one last question, Cat.
1: Well, I'm just like to know. Uh, you know, anything else that we might be looking forward to in the new year? Do you have any uh, plans for? You know, some little something you could tell us, like a sneak peek that might be coming next year.
3: So, yeah. So, the biggest project and the project that we are most excited about for 2023 is going to be the completion of the Corbin Farmers Market Pavilion in downtown Corbin. Uh, So, this is a $600,000 project. Um, And will essentially be a beautiful pavilion with um, restrooms and storage space to provide a permanent home for our farmers um, and farmers market, as well as to provide additional incubator space for budding entrepreneurs. Um, And it's going to be just absolutely lovely. And we're excited about being able to uh, break ground in 22, see the completion in 23, and have full utilization um, for the farmer's market
1: in 23. Well, that again is uh, amazing to look forward to. It has been such a pleasure to have you as our guest and tell us about the great things for Corbin. Uh, I know that our listeners are going to come out and um, you know check out the ones that they maybe didn't know about that they're just dying to, uh, to experience. So thank you so much for sharing this.
3: Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'll tell you, to the listeners, we are just so excited to see you and so excited to welcome you because Corbin loves company.
0: All right. Well, thank you again. And, uh, you know, we'll have to come down and check out uh, Dessert Week and uh, <laughs> the next Moonbow. It. <laughs> it's on my list. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being here.
3: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: Kelly, I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. We are so happy to have you today and talk about tourism. Well, thank you so much
4: for inviting me. And there is so much to talk about, see, and do in London, Laurel
1: County, Kentucky. Awesome, and we want to hear all about it. Of course, we have listeners that live in that area and all across Kentucky, but also we're, we reach several states and countries. So, we want the whole world to know that um, you know this is not just for the locals, right? Absolutely, we our tagline
4: has been for years: "Crossroads to Adventure." We're in the middle of the Daniel Boone National Forest. But don't fret, Interstate 75 comes right through our community. So you can connect with us within three to six hours of several states of drivable. And if you want to fly in, um, we're an hour south and north of Lexington, Kentucky and Knoxville, Tennessee. Or if you have your own plane and you just want to fly on in, we do have our own airport, the London Corbin Airport as well. So however you want to commute, We've got you covered.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like that. I mean, Your tourism and location is very accessible um, by many different means, so there's uh, no excuse there. Um, you have had uh, recently uh, one of your huge tourism events, I understand, the Chicken Festival. I think like that is something worldwide that people have heard about, so... Uh, Tell us a little bit about what the Chicken Festival is and how it got started and just everything we need to know.
4: Yeah, so the World Chicken Festival, the thought process started in 1989, and the founding board members came up with a way to start a tourism event that would also collaborate with our community's history. If you don't know, Colonel Harlan Sanders' first original restaurant, that is on US 25 is in Southern Laurel County in Corbin, Kentucky, um, also called as Sanders cafe and museum. That was the inspiration to build the world chicken festival, downtown London, Kentucky. So when it started the thought process in 1989, they were scrambling on a timeline because they wanted the festival to kick off in September of 1990. Now, I'll give you a little pop quiz. Do you know why that would have been so important? I'm
1: guessing it must have been an anniversary of some kind related yeah. to Harlan Sanders. That's or, right.
4: That is correct. Her. 1990 hey, would I'm, have been his.
0: 100.
4: 100th birthday. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You win. You, 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 you win the trivia. Um, you get a high five from London, Kentucky. It would have been his 100th birthday in 1990. Awesome. So they really wanted to start that. And actually, we just celebrated on September 9th, it um, would have been his 132nd birthday. So. Wow. So that was really important, and so we started the last full weekend in September. Um, actually, our local school system in Laurel County—they have no school on Fridays for the since 1990—to um, to commemorate this large festival. It's one of the largest festivals in the state. Um, over the course of four days, of course, we usually have beautiful weather in September. About 100,000 people will come through downtown um, over the four days. It is a free festival. And the whole mission of that is it is actually a, a 501c4 nonprofit organization. We want to help as many nonprofits as possible. So the only food vendors that are at the festival are have collaborated with nonprofits. I'll always give an example. Years ago, uh, the national organization Alex's Lemonade Stand um, was there, and they were able to make like $10,000 selling lemonade just for that organization. So Mm -hmm. for some nonprofits, it's one of their largest fundraisers of the entire entire year. Um, But not only is it fun carnival rides and fun foods and crafts, and we also have fun unique contests the colonel sanders look-alike contest we have the Rooster Tail mullet contest that <laughs> has been a fan favorite <laughs> and when we first launched that last year i thought like the most people would be in the 18 and up category like rocking out the 80 mullets like that too would be there but the elementary and middle school category blew up we actually got some emails that people were upset that we didn't have a baby category (laughs) i'm thinking (laughs) it's a baby what they don't have enough to have them all yet (laughs) so people were really passionate about that particular contest um we have a say it with me clucking strutting crowing contest you got to be careful (laughs) when you say that one
2: um
4: but there has been a lady that has participated in that for the past like 15 years. She wins it every single year. Like, so that contest is just making mannerisms of a chicken. Um, so it's a lot of family entertainment, fun entertainment. We have the chicken invasion, and of course, all the concerts are free. We our two big headliners this year was Gin Blossoms and Tracy Lawrence.
1: Wow. So, wow.
4: It's a festival that has grown over the years, and hopefully we're over 32 years in the process, and hopefully we'll keep cranking it
1: 32 more years. And I have to ask about the big skillet and all the... Yep, so I have a little personal... I'll give
4: you my autograph later. I'm just kidding. So (laughs) the skillet was not... Um, did not happen until 1992. Originally, they had the skillet on a trailer um, just to display almost like a photo op because of Colonel Harlan Sanders and, and, and just in that honor. And someone said, we should cook chicken in that thing. So then when you start a new idea, you might as well go big or go home. So then they started looking at the Guinness Book of World Records. And maybe they could make the world's largest skillet so they were starting to look for inspiration and i only remember this because i mowed my parents yard that was mature in the late 80s early 90s so remember the old white satellite dish that everybody had in their backyard
0: oh yeah the yeah. big one
4: yeah yeah but now it's koi ponds or sure. i don't know what you do with it now but they removed that and used that as inspiration to make the diameter of the skillet it's over ten and a half feet in diameter over 300 gallons of oil are used. Delta Gas donates all the propane gas, and we cook fried chicken out of that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday um, of the festival. And it's just—it's a great thing. Apparently, there's a difference between a skillet and a pan. So our friends in North Carolina—they have the world's largest frying pan. <laughs> But that's one open, because I've got hate email on that as well. (laughs) But this stainless steel skillet is in quarters. So just to let you know, those are different. Mm. Um, But London Bucket created a stainless steel skillet back in 1991, and it started out um, in 1992. And actually in 1999, we had to construct a new skillet um, to keep that tradition going. So it's... um, it's an amazing feat, and I will say I'm not biased, but the chicken is phenomenal in there. Well, Nat,
1: have you ever seen such a thing?
0: Um, I have not. Uh, you know, I, I've no, not, not that I recall. One of these years, I'm gonna have to get down there and see it. Yep.
4: Yeah, it takes a whole team of volunteers. We have large rakes to help. You know push and move the chicken around and it's um if you get on youtube and look over the past 30 years there's been plenty of media to come cover um the skillet and it's just it's an amazing thing it takes three days to assemble
2: Hmm.
4: and then unfortunately we don't cook chicken on sundays because it takes that amount of time to drain all that grease (laughs) and to clean it up and and make downtown london beautiful again for monday morning (laughs)
1: A lot of backstories and, um, you know, even the individual items in that festival. Uh, So you said you were mowing your parents' yard uh, at that time. So let's get a little bit of your backstory. Uh, Did you grow up in Laurel County?
4: I did. So we moved to Laurel County in the early 80s from Cincinnati. And I actually moved here right before I started school. And um, growing up, I mean, I've, I've lived here. I've, I've met my husband in a neighboring county in Pulaski County. He went to college together at University of the Cumberlands. And in my prior career, I was a licensed massage therapist, worked at Baptist Health um, in the labor and delivery area, and uh, would help be a massage doula for patients, and teach baby massage and CPR, and did that for about 20 years and had shoulder surgery and decided massaging in that industry for another 30 years probably my shoulder wasn't going to last Mm. so um i have a degree in communications and public relations and i love london kentucky and this job position opened um at the london laurel county tourism commission and i took a stab at it and interviewed and i have found my new dream job so i've been with the tourist commission since 2018 um helping coordinate the festival and just promoting amazing outdoor events all throughout um, the year for outside visitors to come visit London, Kentucky.
1: It sounds like you did find your uh, dream job. Uh, Do you, looking back, um, do you think that tourism was your, do you ever wish that had been your career from the very beginning? Well,
4: interesting that you said that. So my dad, Ken Harvey, was actually a tourism director from 1986 to the late 90s. So during my summers, I actually worked here in this office. That's now my office of bulk mailing. Back before there was the Internet, would have to sort stuff by zip codes and the blue stamps. Like I have a little bit of anxiety when I see a stamp floating around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember that. So. I just remember my dad always wanted me to help out front to learn how to give directions, to be friendly to customers. And it was also probably like free babysitting in the summertime and and free help back in the day. (laughs) Um, interesting, so back before my dad was in tourism, he worked for Kmart. That's how we actually got to London. And I remember, if I took a garbage bag around and picked up cigarette butts out of Kentucky or out of Kmart's floor at lunch, I could get a chocolate chip cookie for all my hard work. <laughs> you know, I, flashback <laughs> forward, I think that is so wrong. There's no way that that would even happen now in 2022.
2: <laughs> but
4: that's so my father did great instilling hard work and and not being scared to talk to people and being hospitable. So I do think it was subconsciously in my DNA. Um, of course, when you are a young adult, um, dad always trying to encourage me to go in this lane. And I thought that's you. I want to be my own person and have my own career, which I'm glad I did was in healthcare for so long, but I'm definitely, um, really glad that I, I made a U-turn and veered back uh, to but, definitely yeah. in tourism.
1: Yes, you listen to Dad in the end.
4: Oh, sh- like don't say that too much <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I just, if we record that, let my 16-year-old son hear that. That you know, <laughs> hopefully, that will reflect in 20 more years for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the pandemic. How did that affect tourism, or did it?
4: It definitely did affect tourism. Um, we were fortunate enough in our community. We did not get hit as hard as other urban communities like your Louisville and Lexington and Knoxville. Um, I was at my office. It was the day after my sister's birthday when the whole world shut down. And I just thought, is this even real? Oh, my goodness. And all of us in tourism were kind of worried about our jobs and how do you promote, you know, travel when you know we're not supposed to be going anywhere? Mm-hmm. So there was about six months of everyone scratching their heads, and you know, now everyone knows the four-letter word Zoom. Um, <laughs> I actually had several conferences by Zoom and trying to, you know, bob and weave and and go with the punches and and so our community was affected but not as heavily as other communities that we were really lucky just where we're located on interstate 75 it really i think was a benefit for that and most people that's the first time um outdoor tourism that's that was the only thing that was allowed mm. um being in your group of family and going out so now, you couldn't find a bicycle. You couldn't find backpacks. You couldn't find hiking boots. And, you know, we're located, you know, Crossroads to Adventure Outdoor, we are premier location. So we did see lots of new faces starting new outdoor hobbies, whether it was kayaking or fishing at Laurel River Lake or Rockcastle River or hiking on the Chautauqua Trace National Recreational Trail. I think that's where that was our niche demographic and so that really helped us rebound when other communities were struggling.
1: Well, uh, that's definitely, you know, turning something that was so negative and uh, turning it into a positive. So, um, location, location, location. I think
4: yeah. um, We definitely had to have some unique ways. Um, the KTIA had highlighted one of our try to think outside the box and it's embarrassing now, but we played Pictionary live from my office and I tried to draw Pictionary pictures of where people should go outdoors. You should see my picture of trying to to draw Van Hook Falls and, and you know, treetop adventure and bicycles. And it was a struggle, but it, it made people engage and, it made them thinking, I don't know what she's drawn, but we need to go there. So it worked.
1: <laughs> yes, I will have to get some of those to promote this episode, some uh, photos of your drawing. Oh, yeah. I don't
4: know about that. I'll just send you the JPEG of the actual place. There were more laughing emojis during that episode than anything. And I thought, well, I, I get an A for effort on that. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Um. funny. Well, you have to be engaged even to put the laughing emoji. So, um, you know, it's, it's good that you were thinking outside of the box, and it sounds like it's paid off with, I imagine that many of these uh, new activities are continuing, that people found they enjoyed the outdoors maybe more than they had prior.
4: Yes, and it was having that. So this past um. A few months ago, we had the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization come to London. This is their second year of presenting. And so a lot of people, you know, watched paranormal activities and Bigfoot and just kind of outside the box that had to engage outdoors. Hmm. And we unfortunately, you know, we had the flooding in eastern Kentucky and we had a family come to the Bigfoot Research Organization group seminar that talked about, you know, sightings throughout Kentucky. It was really educational that they brought their entire family, and during that presentation we found out that family had lost their entire home. They were devastated in the flooding, but during the pandemic, uh, the family and their two daughters really embraced Bigfoot and got to go hiking and kind of use that storyline to get their kids involved in being outdoors and when we found out they lost their home they were like well this was their big treat they couldn't wait and it was already paid for so why not so for that hour and a half that family was able to enjoy something and and for a while escape the devastation that had happened so definitely eastern kentucky uh is going to be rebuilding for several years those communities have been devastated and uh Laurel County really wasn't affected by the flooding but our area has definitely been a, a central location for recovery and for those people to come back to have that normal normalcy and activities so um, that was a, a really neat um, interaction with tourism that it gave people hope and something to look forward to even when devastation happens you know through unexpectedly
0: right.
1: And I'm sure, like, uh, you know, when you're just like, have no nothing, like you lost everything, uh, just having one day of hope, uh, one day of enjoyment is a priceless experience yeah. um, to get you through the next day and the next. Yeah.
4: And who would have thought Bigfoot would have had that central piece um, of that? But. You know during the pandemic that family was able to use that to find a new hobby of family events and things that you know those girls will talk about forever remember that one time we went as a family and so <laughs> i just love it that so our area whether it's hosting events or enjoying the outdoors that can make those memories for families last forever
1: Well, and with the paranormal and Bigfoot and things like that, um, you know, as we're in October currently, um, you know, Halloween always comes to mind. But what are some activities in October that people can look forward to?
4: Yes, so October 1 is a great year or season in Kentucky that the leaves are starting to change. Um, so definitely outdoor hiking becomes another busy season, but regionally, we have Cumberland Falls State Park, and starting the week of October 7th through October 11th is the best time to view the moonbow. Now, that is one of the one of two areas in the world. Nigeria was the other location to see a moonbow, but rumor has it because of erosion i don't think that's visible anymore so if you're going to pick nigeria or kentucky i recommend kentucky like we know the moon bow is still happening here and i was able to go to that a couple months ago and capture the moon bow on my phone so what that is when there's a full moon and it casts on the mist coming up from the falls. You will see kind of like a gray haze over the falls. And when you take a photo, it's just a beautiful rainbow. Um, yeah. I went when it was during the supermoon, and I bet there were 200, 300 people there with their photography. I met a couple from Indiana. They come every single year to capture the moonbow. And actually, the winter time, fall and winter is the best time just because it's not as humid. Or hazy like it is in July or August. So if you've never experienced the moonbow, definitely mark October um, 9th to the 11th on your calendar to come do that. And the best viewing times are usually from 1030 and on.
1: Yeah, so this is airing just at a great time to remind people of that. Um, And uh, what else? Then is going on. Um, so after people go and have that experience of the falls, um, and they see all of the beauty, so I'm sure there's a lot of photography like all over the region taking pictures of things during this beautiful time.
4: Absolutely, one of the voted family friendly hikes is to Van Hook Falls, that is located on the and the Trace National Recreational Trail. Out on 192 in Laurel County. That is a two and a half mile hike in and out. And that is another phenomenal location. Um, Someone called me. They're actually planning to propose to their fiance. Well, soon to be fiance there. And so they are um, trying to find a beautiful secluded location. That's easy to go to. So Van Hick Falls is definitely, and that's different from Cumberland Falls. Um, That's, if you like waterfalls, this is definitely the place that you need to come to. Um, there's a beautiful viewing deck and a bench. The hiking is was all trails voted at most family-friendly hiking. Um, there are a few creek crossings. So I do recommend hiking boots and some trekking poles that way. Then also we have Laurel River Lake. It's a 5,600 acre lake. It's a man-made lake um, and there are no homes on this lake. That's what makes it so unique. It's one of the clearest, deepest lakes in the state. We actually do scuba diving training there because it is so clear. We have a man-made beach and there are several trails, um, hiking trails that'll go along the body of the water of the lake. So you could hike, see the view of the lake, rent some houseboats or pontoon boats. Um, We're also known of great smallmouth and largemouth bass. So if you're a fisherman, definitely Laurel Lake, is a place you want to check out.
1: So, uh, what about love? You were saying somebody's going to propose. You know, is there tourism activities around, like, a place to have weddings, or, like, is anything marketed in that way?
4: Absolutely. There are several. We have Heritage Hills Entertainment Center that's locally uh, located near the interstate. Actually, there are some ponds there there's oak hill gardens that is actually downtown london uh we we have several different venues if you're looking for a way to get away um from maybe a non-traditional wedding we have several locations and and venues you can check that out at visitlondonky.com and there's several budgets when it comes to planning a wedding um i realize since i have a son I just got to pay for the honeymoon. I'm not paying for the wedding now. So I (laughs) kind of figured that out. I thought, well, better start packing that away. Um, But budgets are different for every family. So we have several venues that that would be an opportunity um, for whether engagement parties or anniversary parties. My parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. We had that at the Heritage Hills Theater. Um, It's a smaller venue, but... You know, centrally located and easy to find um, in London. Highly recommend that.
0: What about uh, later in the year? Do you have any festivals coming up, or any uh, things around Thanksgiving or Christmas? Or
4: right, so right before the uh, the end, the third weekend in October is the Battle Camp Wildcat reenactment. It's one of the largest reenactments we have. So if you love history or you want to learn more about um, the importance of different Civil War history in our area, you can go to wildcatbattle.com. There's also more hiking trails there. The original trenches are still there on site. So it's a self-guided tour. I actually went and waxed and cleaned the self-guiding little uh, guidepost the other day. (laughs) And it's just – it's amazing it is how many people from across the country will go to visit that. You've got Hoosier Knob Interpretive Trail, the Infantry Ridge, Private Lewis McFerrin Trail, and the Robinson Spring Trail. So definitely outdoor and history combined all at one. And then before you know it, you know, Chris, the end of October, our Town Center Park will transform into the Pumpkin Park at Town Center, so if you're a photographer and you're looking for poses for families, that's another great location to go for photographers. Of course, we're home to Wildcat Harley-Davidson. It's a great place to do uh, motorcycle rides. They have routes that come through Laurel County, through Eastern Kentucky, down on the Cumberland Gap, so there's always something every weekend there. And at the theater, if you love music, we host the Heritage Music Series that will be October 22nd and 21st, and that will be um, hosted by the uh, Kentucky Country Music and London and All County Tourism Commission. Nicholas, I can't talk this morning. <laughs> Nicholas Jamerson and Tim Gooden, and Aaron Erlander and Cody Lee Meese. So we love to have a listening room experience. I've enjoyed so many new. Um, Kentucky artists when you get to know the backstory of them a little bit as opposed to going to a large concert hall with 50,000 people in there when you get to see them intimate and hear their backstories and what inspired them just to write their lyrics to their songs you just feel like you know them so much more
2: yeah
4: Um, so that whole listening room experience is a different event that this is the second year that we've done this So if music is your thing, definitely London is the place to go to. And then of course, before as soon as Thanksgiving's over, like Christmas is right around the bend and lights around London, that was actually inspired during the pandemic where the Laurel County residents really get together and decorate their homes. We have a driving map for people to go look at decorated houses i did that as a kid growing up as one of my favorite memories as a child and then our town center park will transform into a winter wonderland we have a large christmas tree that does a 15 minute different medley of christmas songs and it has graphics that go around the tree and the day after christmas last year it snowed about three inches and it was like a hallmark channel it was it was perfect so people love to get in the christmas spirit of course we have a very large christmas parade the randy smith's christmas on maine that's always uh, the first friday of the month so that will be december 2nd Um, so definitely mark your calendars for that
1: and how many homes participate in the um you know, in the drive through Christmas decoration. Right.
4: So we have it in segments. It changes a little bit every year depending what community. I would say last year they probably had over about seventy homes participate. Wow. So that's really hard to drive that whole route in one evening. So, you know, our there's sixty thousand residents in the county. So we try to map that lights around London Driving Tour in sections. So it's the east bernstead section or downtown section or kiwi or you know western part of the county that way people can go we're going to go here this time and and make that a little route and then you could go online and vote for your favorite home and all of those proceeds go to the laurel county shop with the cop program so anytime we have events we try to partner with a local nonprofit. um It's always beneficial, and one thing that is amazing that our community has, we have a community orchestra, and they always have a phenomenal uh, event. The London Community Christmas Orchestra will be Saturday, December 3rd um, at 7 o'clock at First Baptist London. That is um, a large church that the orchestra has gone for years, and not a whole lot of communities can say they have their own orchestra,
1: so that's something that's definitely unique that is amazing um i don't know if i just missed it but the date do you have um trick-or-treating in the end of this month
4: we do so boo on maine is another huge event that will be october 29th that will be downtown london where Thousands of little ghosts and goblins will flock downtown and businesses and organizations will provide candy. So think of all downtown as one big subdivision. Um, So the really community really gets together and participates and also Levi Jackson wilderness road park. They have a camp spook within their campers. So Levi Jackson park also is kind of transforms into this wonderful, um, Halloween family friendly um, atmosphere.
1: So, if I'm traveling, um, what's lodging like? Um, do you have Airbnbs, or um, you know how how do I work that out to, into my plans? Absolutely.
4: On our webpage at visitlondonky.com under accommodations, we have everything divided by exits. Depending where you're going to stay, we have lodging. Hotels on exit 41, 38, and 29. And if you have an RV and you're still camping because the fall is still it's, it's the perfect time to be camping and RVing. Um, we have all that subcategorized. And we have lots of short-term vacation rentals, whether they're downtown London or they're on the lake at Wood Creek Lake. Now that is a much smaller lake, that's where our water source comes from. And that's about a 900 acre lake that there are Airbnbs on the lake. So if you want to kick back on the deck and just view and bring your kayak and just kind of chill by the lake, Wood Creek Lake, that's a great option if you wanna stay there. But on Visit London KY, all those Airbnbs are all listed. Just take one click and that'll take you right to their page where you can reserve um, your stay.
1: Uh, so another question I have is about accessibility, um, maybe for wheelchairs or people with disabilities. Uh, how accessible is Laurel County in these activities?
4: Right, so our downtown area is very accessible depending on some of our hiking trails. Um, going to Van Hick Falls, that don't recommend that. That may be limited. There are lots of trails on Levi Jackson Wilderness Road Park that would accommodate that. One great thing um, that they just expanded is their uh, Rose Shelter, where they have spent quite an expansion on uh, special playground equipment for those that maybe have special needs. My sister lives in a nursing home, um, is... is is bound to a wheelchair, so I don't know what the term is, but it's she has one of these at her residence where you can put the wheelchair on the swing set itself, so I don't okay. have to remove her, but the wheelchair is actually able to swing, just kind of like a, like if an infant was in a swing, the wheelchair is actually in the swing to swing. So I know someone um, that has a, a family member in a wheelchair that's definite a plus. That way, all kids can play together.
1: Awesome. Um, And what about collaborating with other areas? Uh, I know you've mentioned a little bit about neighboring counties. Uh, Are there any, I know there's like um, huge yard sales, you know, that extend from state to state. Um, What else do you do to, you know, maybe coordinate some tourism with other states or areas?
4: Right, so the U.S. 25 and 80 are adjoining, um, we just missed it, October 7th and 8th was the Kentucky's Way Yard Sale, but that usually happens one in the spring and one in the fall, um, and that goes all the way from Richwood, Walton, Dry Ridge, Williamstown, Sadieville, Georgetown, Richmond, Berea, Livingston, London, Corbin, that if, if finding your special treasure, that is something you want to do. That's definite, Um, something to put on your list for 2023. But we are part of the Daniel Boone region, so we definitely try to collaborate of just the Daniel Boone National Forest is something all of us in eastern Kentucky um, are so proud of and share. And when it comes to Partnering, um, you know, Kentucky's known for its horses, of course, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Bourbon. And we are home to Cumberland Stave um, in East Bernstead, Kentucky, where we can schedule private tours to see how the bourbon barrels are made. And our next tour is actually October 12th. That is okay. a Wednesday, it's free. But you have to go on visit london ky to reserve your ticket because it is limited to a small
1: number all right matt that sounds like very interesting for you
0: yeah <laughs> if it wasn't a wednesday i would do it because i'll, I'll be uh-huh. out i'll be out in shelbyville <laughs> but, yeah
4: so definitely people can schedule those private tours with us that is something that's a new kind of partnership with cumberland State. And uh, just based on the number of people we're, we're going to try to accommodate for people's schedules and hopefully moving in 2023, we can do more, um, more events, but definitely having that private tour. I've been on three different private tours. And every time I go, I learn something new just to see something that's so important to the heritage and culture of Kentucky and that it's made right here in Laurel County in East Burnstead, Kentucky. It's another little
1: badge of honor we want to put on our, Kentucky Sash. So what's one idea that you've implemented that you're the most proud of? Oh gosh that's that's
4: a hard question. Um, I will say I'll go back to our heritage music series that we you know that brain child idea came through the pandemic when things are starting to open back up we couldn't have large events but small events that that's really, you know, Nashville has been known as the country music hub, Nashville, Nashville. The Kentucky artists are phenomenal. And we want to give that platform for new artists that are kind of, they've made their way, but you want to give them a, a, a sturdier platform to have that listener experience. So utilizing that concert series twice a year, and that is growing leaps and bounds. That's something that will always stay small and intimate, but that's the whole purpose of it is to, you know, give these Kentucky artists a platform so they can have new fans like myself. I've learned so many new artists that I had no idea until I went to these concert series listening room experience. And, of course, keeping the World Chicken Festival afloat. Uh, my dad was part of the team that, that started that back in the early 90s. So keeping that that bucket of chicken rolling um, is definitely something that I'm proud of and to continue because that takes the entire community to come together to pull that off.
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to ask a question.
0: Uh, no, go ahead.
1: <laughs> All right, so as you look forward to 2023, um, do you have any new ideas that you can share with us of coming attractions oh, anything new that you can talk about?
4: Gosh, 2023 that I just There's just so much possibilities. I don't know if anything you've got me on something. I don't know that usually <laughs> does not
2: happen. <laughs> um,
4: you know, we are going to be going to a heck of a lot more travel shows this year and some new markets we have never been to. I'm really hoping to maybe to expand more things at our Laurel County Fairgrounds. Um, we have two tourism commissions here. I'm with the County Tourism, and then there's the City of London Tourism, and they operate that facility, but hoping to maybe bring more events like um, – Oh, like metal detecting i've been researching this and i personally don't own a metal detector but apparently that is a huge demographic that you do seed hunts and um to bring out it's kind of like a big scavenger hunt mm-hmm. um, definitely bringing more archery events we always host the archery shooters association every year of course we're the cycling capital of kentucky and anytime we can bring more cycling events to London, we always have our red bud ride in the spring. We just finished up our honey bun ride because we are home to all of the honey buns. We make 1.3 billion honey buns a year <laughs> at Flowers Bakery.
2: <laughs> wow. And so...
4: Um, that's a phenomenal, like you don't need to buy a candle. You just drive down Fourth street and smell the flowers bakery. <laughs> so definitely capitalizing maybe more things, all things, honey bun, maybe to grow the honey bun day more. Um, just who doesn't want a honey bun, right. Of getting our restaurants, I know local honey is a downtown restaurant and they incorporate my favorite thing to get is their salad, not because it's, Lettuce, right? But they make their cro cro uh, croutons out of the fresh honey buns—a honey bun crouton. Oh, like, wow. oh Good. my gosh! It's just like a little piece of a little extra you weren't expecting. So that makes you eat all of your salad. Is what that does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
1: what about dinner with the the passing of the queen? has the abbey because you have a kind of London-based restaurant. Um, has there been any uh, activities related to that?
4: You know, just giving our condolences. I know when that was announced, we made, you know, a social media grievance and from London, Kentucky to London, England. Uh, that is just something that, you know, she was ninety.
0: 97. I, uh,
4: 97? No, uh, um, in her 90s, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely in her 90s on that. And that is something that, you know, in tourism, we anytime we can partner something international with cities, you know, London its, itself, I believe, is the fifth largest London in the United States. Um, so anytime we can partner with that, but as opposed to, you know, I think they're still having a 14 hour wait is the news I heard today of just to paying the respects yeah. um, to the queen. So as opposed to, you know, the Abbey, the downtown restaurant, they do great corporating, you know, things of, of London, England there. Uh, but that is something that will probably not just be a couple days, but that will be, you know, grieving for several months.
1: Sure. Um, Uh, what about the film industry it sounds like with all of the you know the natural beauty of the area uh, has there been a partnership with um, people making movies or films there? In the past
4: so we have some definitely historical buildings the old Sue Bennett College um, it's on a national historical marker I know some people have looked out to observe, to maybe brainstorm. But in Levi Jackson Wilderness Road Park, the Mountain Life Museum, the Kentuckian was filmed there. And the actual, with uh, Burt Lancaster, and the original jail windows are still attached to it when they filmed that back in 1955. Wow. Um, so that was kind of a neat history. You can still see that today when you go through the, uh, the museum at Levi Jackson Park. But Definitely the, the film industry is starting to come back now um, for COVID. Everything was kind of kind of low bearing, but those are things that are definitely they're on the rise potentially for 2023. Um, definitely with all of our outdoors and Laurel Lake and Wood Creek Lake. But um, Sue Bennett College has the best potential, I think, of just its architecture um, and it, it's located. So I could definitely see some. Hallmark Movies or anybody, a director that wants to come take a tour, you just let me know and I can help you out.
1: Great. And who might surprise us that is um, from London that we may not know about? Oh, gosh. Let's see here. So,
4: um, hang on. So, I... um, uh, so, if when my mother gave me a plant, um, and I killed it, she gave me an air plant, and I can kill anything that's green, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but John Karloffis, um, his family is—they have a store in Rock on the corner of Laurel County and Rockcastle County. But he is an award-winning landscape designer, and um, his professional start was doing rooftop gardens in New York City. He actually came back and did um, a special speaking engagement, just where his roots are, and he is a Kentucky native, particularly from Rockcastle and Laurel County area. They still have their store that's on the Laurel County line. And his sister actually gave me one of his gardening books. And I went through looking through that, and it was so beautiful. And I just thought, there's no way I can
2: do this. <laughs>
4: but his book gave you, like, the step-by-step process of, like, like you could water your you know plant too much now if you haven't watered it in four days don't (laughs) give it nine gallons of water to make (laughs) up for your neglection, because that's what i usually do Um, but john karloftis is one and then another person um i graduated from south laurel high school Um, but jason smith and he is was on the food network channel And he came in and won one of the uh, cooking shows as American Home Baker um, on the Food Network series called the Food Network Star. And he's won three seasons of the Holiday Baking Championships. And he usually serves as a judge now on one of the Food
1: Network series, Best Baker in America.
0: That's cool.
1: Well, Matt, I think we've learned a whole lot about tourism in Laurel today.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. you definitely got a lot of stuff going on and uh, a lot of cool things coming up. And, you know, the moonbow thing sounds really interesting. I want to check that out.
4: Definitely. And that's in, um, in our Daniel Boone region. So if you need accommodations, you can always stay on exit 29 in Laurel County. Of course, there's also the DuPont Lodge. That's as part of the state park there, right just outside the outskirts of Cumberland Falls. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, don't forget them all of eastern Kentucky, too. The last several weeks, our hotels have been cram-packed full of people kind of staying in London and then going to all these other wonderful locations in eastern Kentucky and then coming back and then maybe doing something south, coming back, doing more east and going west. So we really are the hub of an ideal location to do all things outdoors, go into attractions. And we're great located. A lot of people will stop by because maybe they're going to go to um, the Biltmore House in North Carolina or Pigeon Forge. Like that's their main destination. And when they find out all these things they're to do, when they come back, they extend their stay two or three days because they found out there's so much to do that you can't just do it all in one day.
2: Hmm.
0: All right. Well, uh, we'll give you uh, um, one minute to sum things up for us. Anything else you'd like to let us know about that we haven't covered yet?
4: I will just say whether you love racing, we have London Dragway. Of course we've we mentioned our two lakes laurel river lake and wood creek lake but our family are jeep owners um, that's our midlife crisis <laughs> is the is the kentucky adventure tour and that is over 900 miles of off-roading on gravel roads and back roads all throughout eastern kentucky and there's about 30 ish miles that go through Laurel County. So, if you are a part of a Jeep club or you have a Jeep and you're looking for somewhere to get out, whether it's an easy route or you want to get your winch and you go on hard 30s, like we do not do that, we do the easy <laughs>
2: um,
4: but definitely outdoors, whether you're jeeping, we have Walcott Off Road Park. So, if you have an ATV and you want to get that out in the mud, those jeeps and atvs that is year-round whether it's in the winter it's snowing or it's in the springtime or in the fall it's absolute great time to get those expensive toys out and to use them as recreation for sure we've got lots of shopping downtown london of cute boutiques and just everything that you may want to do to definitely check out the sanders cafe They recently did a uh, multi-million dollar renovation on U.S. 25 to definitely see the birthplace of Colonel Harlan Sanders' original Kentucky Fried Chicken. You definitely want to put that on your list as you come to London and Laurel County.
0: All right, Kat, any last words?
1: Well, I just want to thank you for being our guest today. Uh, It's amazing it's like something for everyone really and truly so um, you know I hope that we'll be able to have you back as a guest again and uh, talk about the happenings for spring next year absolutely thank you
4: so much for um, inviting us to come on and if you have any questions feel free to email us at visitlondonky.com
2: all
0: right well, thank you again for being here, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at, at outlook.com, or you can write to me at sessions at gmail.com, or matt at level 11 venturescom Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.